Uh, so we are doing chapter 41 and uh, it is Krishna and Balrama enters Mathura. This is from Canto 10, Srimad Bhagavatam. Yesterday we heard Akrura give us an idea about <clears throat> what is it that he believes in Krishna. Now when everybody says that Krishna is a divine being and this and that, you know, everybody has this ideas about Krishna. So in yesterday's satsang, we got a clear indication of who is Krishna. The words are very simple, they are very straightforward, but they are very profound. When we talk about Krishna being the consciousness and eternal and so on and so forth, it's very difficult to understand actually what these words are. So, it's only through devotion can a person actually understand the truth. So, today when we are doing Krishna and Balrama enters Mathura, we are going to see how Krishna knowingly enters the place. That means he knows exactly what is going to happen. Assume that he is the one who has kept everything in that place. Think about it from this point of view. As if the whole thing has been placed over there by him. And he is just walking in. He's just, you know, like you say sleepwalking. <laughs> you just walk over there. So, Sukhdev Goswami said, While Akrura was still offering prayers, the Supreme Lord Krishna withdrew his form that he had revealed in the water, just as an actor winds up his performance. All this was happening when he had asked, Akrura had asked Krishna to show his, reveal his form. The Vishnu form, you know, Mahavishnu form. So he is revealing the form and Akrura was saying those prayers. While he was doing that, Krishna withdraws the form. When Akrura saw the vision disappear, he came out of the water and quickly finished his various ritual duties. He then returned to the chariot, astonished. Now why is this astonishment there? The astonishment is there because when you see the same person sitting over there like an ordinary human being, naturally you are going to get flabbergasted because you will wonder, what is this? I just now saw a very wide, very huge form of his in the water over there and now I see this simple boy sitting in front of me. Remember, he is a very young man and Akrura is taking him to his uncle to get killed. So, Sri Akrura said, Whatever wonderful things is earth, sky. <coughs> Sorry. So, he then returned to the chariot astonished. Lord Krishna asked Akrura, Have you seen something wonderful on the earth, in the sky or in the water? From your appearance, we think you have. Now, Krishna is deliberately saying these words. He knows what has happened, but just to provoke him. Please understand, Krishna has this ability of provoking people. So, and he wants to know the truth. So, he keeps on provoking the people. So, what does he do? He asks Akrura, Oh, have you seen something strange? In the water, maybe in the sky or some such place? What is it? Akrura said, Whatever wonderful things the earth, sky or water contain, all exist in you. Since you encompass everything, well, I am seeing you, what have I not seen? The moment I see the Lord, I know that I have seen everything. 
एंड नाउ दैट आई एम सींग यू ओ सुप्रीम एब्सोल्यूट ट्रूथ इन होम रिसाइड ऑल अमेजिंग थिंग्स ऑन द अर्थ इन द स्काई एंड इन द वाटर वॉट अमेजिंग थिंग्स गुड आई सी इन दिस वर्ल्ड नाउ दिस इज अ वेरी स्ट्रेंज सेंटेंस नाउ वाई इज दिस सेंटेंस वेरी स्ट्रेंज थिंक अबाउट इट लाइक दिस just now at this given moment in time you have seen a very grand vision in front of your eyes okay the vision is astounding it is massive it's huge it is exhilarating you don't even know what is happened and suddenly one minute later when the vision disappears in front of your eyes and there you see a very simple person standing in front of you the same being but without any grandeur without any glory absolutely like an absolute human being what would happen to you think about it you know like say for example today you are meeting the president of the country and president of the prime minister of the country and next day you see him amongst you just like an ordinary person what would happen to you wouldn't it look strange and that is what happens and this vision can cause a very big discomfort in the minds of people because suddenly there is a grand vision and suddenly there is nothing with these words akrura the son of gandini began driving the chariot onwards at the end of the day he arrived in mathura with lord balram and lord krishna it's about 26 kilometers from one place to the other so whatever they passed along the road oking the village people came forward and looked upon the two sons of vasudev with great pleasure In fact the villagers could not withdraw their eyes from them Nanda Maharaj and the other residents of Rindavana having reached Mathura ahead of their chariot had stopped at a garden on the outskirts of the city to wait, wait for Krishna and Balram After joining Nanda and the others the supreme lord Krishna the controller of the universe took Ambul <coughs> Akrura's hand in his own smiling spoke as follows Lord Krishna said take the chariot and enter the city ahead of us then go home after resting here a while we will go and see the city sri akrura said o master without the two of you i shall not enter mathura i am your devotee your lord so it is not fair for you to abandon me since you are always affectionate to your devotee come let us go to my house with your elder brother the cowherd men and your company companion o best of friends o transcendental lord in this way people grace my house with its master i am simply an ordinary householder attached to ritual sacrifices so please purify my home with the dust of your lotus feet by that act of purification my forefathers the sacrificial fires and the demigods will all become satisfied now there is a scene where akrura is saying that please don't roam around the city you first come to my place and make that place very holy when the lord goes to that particular place naturally the people who stay over there the location all becomes very very holy so akrura is telling the lord please come to my place by bathing your feet the exalted bali maharaj attained not only glorious fame and unequaled power but also the final destination of a pure devotee now remember this the story of amana where finally bali maharaj wipes the feet of the lord he washes it with water and 
Why is this happening? Uh, continuously there is a uh, huh? Padmanabh's thing is coming. I don't know. Okay. By bathing your feet, the exalted Bali Maharaj attained not only glorious fame and unequal power, but also the final destination of the pure devotee. The water of the river Ganga had purified the three worlds. Having become transcendental by bathing your feet, Lord Shiva accepted that water on his head and by that water's grace, the son of King Sagara attained to heaven. Now the same feet which are being washed by Bali Maharaj, if it graces my house, isn't it such a great thing? So he said that from the feet of the Lord only, Ganga has come. And imagine the Lord Shiva is tying up the Ganga in his head. So doesn't it mean something really spectacular and fantastic? Oh Lord, uh, now can you just mute that thing because continuously there will be. O Lord of the pious, Lord of the Lords, Master of the Universe, O you whose glories is most pious to hear and chant, O best of the Yadus, O you whose fame is recounted in excellent poetry, O Supreme Lord Narayana, I offer you my obeisance. So, Akrura is exhorting the Lord, please come to my place so that you can grace my place and I will be very very happy. The Supreme Lord said, I will come to your house with my elder brother. But first I must satisfy my friends and well-wishers by killing the enemy of the Yadu clan. Sukhdev Goswami said, Thus addressed by the Lord Akrura entered the city with a heavy heart. He informed King Kamsa of the success of his mission and then went home. Lord Krishna decided to see Mathura. So, Towards evening, he took Lord Balrama and the cowherd boys with him and entered the city. Now, <coughs> Mathura was a big city. Mathura to Brindavan is a small distance. And in olden times, there were horses and chariots and so on and so forth, which used to go from one place to the other. <coughs> but the city by itself was quite big. And to cover it by foot or to cover it by a horse would take some time. So now let us see what the Lord does in the city. The Lord saw Mathura, which is tall gates and household entrances made of crystal. Its immense archways and the main doors in gold. Its granaries and other storehouses of copper and brass. And its impregnable moats. There was a moat around the city. Moats are nothing but protective waters. You know, they are right around the city. Beautifying the city were pleasant gardens and parks. The main intersection was fashioned of gold and there were mansions with private pleasure gardens, along with guild halls and many other buildings. <coughs> Mathura resounded with the call of peacocks and pet turtle doves, who sat in the small opening of the lattice windows and on the gem-studded floors. So you imagine how rich the city must be. And also on the column balconies and on the ornate rafters in front of the houses. These balconies and rafters were adorned with Vaidurya stones, diamonds, crystal quartz, sapphires, corals, pearls and emeralds. All the royal avenues and commercial streets were sprinkled with water, <coughs> as were the side roads and courtyards. And flower garlands, newly grown spouts, 
parched grains and rice had been scattered about everywhere. Gracing the house doors were elaborated decorated pots filled with water which were bedecked with mango leaves, smeared with yogurt and sandalwood paste and encircled by flower petals and ribbons. Near the pots were flags, rows of lambs, bunch of flowers and the trunks of banana and the beetle nut tree. So such a beautiful place, you know, when you have to go to such a place, it is a very, very, it's an ornate, it's decorated. It has got so many things, it's got festoons, this, that, so many things, you know. It's, uh, the austerity of the place is very, very important. So when you enter a place, the place has to look very nice. Imagine the entrance itself is not going to be good. What's going to happen? <clears throat> the woman of Mathura hurriedly assembled and went forth to see the two sons of Vasudev. They entered the city on the king's road, surrounded by their cowherd boyfriends. Some of the women, my dear king, eagerly climbed to the roof of the houses to see them. Some of the ladies put their clothes and ornaments on backwards. Others forget one of the earrings or ankle belts and other applied makeup to one eye but not the other. So it's, it's, it's a way of saying you know, that they were very excited to see. Those who were taking their meals abandoned them. Others went about finishing their baths or massages. One who were <coughs> sleeping at once rose when they heard the commotion and the mothers breastfeeding their infants simply, simply put them aside. The lotus-eyed lord smiling at as he recalled his bold pastimes, captivated those ladies' minds with the glances. He walked in the gate of a lordly elephant in rut, creating a festival of the eyes with the transcendental body which is the source of pleasure of the divine goddess of fortune. The ladies of Mathura had repeatedly heard about Krishna and thus as soon as they saw him, their hearts melted. They felt honoured that he was sprinkling upon them the nectar of his glances and broad smiles. <coughs> Taking him with their hearts through their eyes, they embraced him, the embodiment of all ecstasy. And as their bodily hair stood on ends, O subduer of enemies, they forgot the unlimited distress caused by his absence. Absence? He had never been there to Mathura, by the way. I am sure you know that. His absence doesn't mean that absence. Absence is when a man is not on the path of godliness, but he is lost in the material world. Human beings are very much involved, you know, in the household, householder's duties. We get so much involved when we are studying, when we are working, when we are, you know, having a spouse and a children and we have got so much lost in it, that sometimes a man doesn't even remember anything. You know, a man is running after material worldly stuff and he forgets the Lord. So, it's talking about that, it's talking about that people had forgotten about him. So, when he comes again, again in the sense, when you are born, you are born pure and now that you are again meeting the Lord, so you can consider yourself going backwards like that. <coughs> Their lotus flower faces bloomed with affection. The ladies who had climbed up on the roof of the mansions rained down showers of flowers upon Lord Balram and Lord Krishna. Brahmana, standing along the way, honoured the two lords with presentation of yogurt, unbroken barley corns, pots full of water, garlands, fragrant substances such as sandalwood paste and other items of worship. The woman of Mathura exclaimed, Oh, what severe austerities the gopis must have performed to be able to regularly see Krishna and Balram, who are the greatest source of pleasure for all the mankind. So the women are thinking, Oh, 
Krishna has been playing with all the gopis over there. They must have done something really spectacular in their life to be playing with Krishna all the time. Seeing a washerwoman approaching who had been dyeing some clothes, Krishna asked for the finest laundered garments he had. So a washerman was coming, so he asked them. Lord Krishna said, Please give suitable garments to the two of us, who certainly deserve them. If you grant this charity, you will undoubtedly receive the greatest benefits. Thus requested by the Supreme Lord, who is perfectly complete in all the respects, that arrogant servant of the king became angry and replied insultingly. The washerman said, You impudent boys, you accustomed to roaming the mountains and the forests, and yet you would dare put on some clothes as these? These are the king's possessions you ask for. Now this is the arrogance. Think about it. You are not even the king. And yet, you are so protective towards the king's garments. Isn't it the same thing that when we, in the material world, don't even own anything. You know, we are working for some company. And we, must, we are so much protective about it. We believe that we, we are the Lord protectors of those people, you know, of that company, or that place, or that location. As if you own the place. I am sure, you know, when you have visited the church and the temples, you must have definitely met some people who will say, Hey, stand in queue, no noise, put your hands down, do this, do that. You have met this kind of people. They think they own the Lord over there. They think that the God over there in the temple belongs to them. Yeah, there are all these kind of crooked people in this world. Especially, you know, when, when you go to places of worship, there are these kind of funny guys. So this person is like that washerman. He says, no, you impudent boys, what do you think of yourself? Okay, so these are king's possessions. Fools, get out of here quickly. Don't beg like this if you want to stay alive. When someone is too bold, the king's men arrest him and kill him and take all his property. So there is a threat also. The threat is this, if you don't stand in queue, and I think about it, <laughs> this is a funny thing which happens, you don't stand in queue. You are just out of the queue, you know. Maybe you are just standing at the side. And the person comes and says, Hey, queue me khadeo jau. And sometimes they pull you out of the queue and they say, Get lost from here. What is this? I mean, recently when we visited a temple, a similar scene was there. What is it? You are going to see a small statue somewhere. Okay, you are just going to see a small statue. To see the small statue or that whatever the thing that you are going to see, we have so much of ahankar going all over the place. I don't know what is so special in that. I don't know what is so special in a place of worship because it is not that worship. It is the worship of human beings. We have to respect the human beings. We have to bow down to them, not to some stone over there. Think about it. Outside this same, you know, temple or the, you know, church or whatever, you know, place of worship, there are hundreds of bhikaris. There are thousands of people who have come to ask from that same small stone over there something. Oh, give me this, give me that. Oh, you think you are, you, that you are the bhikari or they are the bhikari? Think about it. Those people are just asking you for 5 rupees, 2 rupees, 1 rupee, that is all. Okay? 
you are they are asking you for 1 rupee and 2 rupee and you are going inside and asking the god for crores and lakhs of rupees so who is a bhikari they or you i mean isn't it very funny that you are the biggest bhikari you are going inside you are lagaving maska to the lord you are going with all that you know paraphernalia of some garlands and stuff like that and you are giving to that stone over there and you are asking the stone give me something whereas this man is asking a human being give me 1 rupee and you can't afford it but you are giving a 100 rupees or a 200 rupees or a 1000 rupees worth of gift inside doesn't it sound very stupid so who is the biggest bhikari you are them <laughs> so that is a place for all the beggars to go a temple or a church or this kind of locations where is the austerity there everybody goes give me child give me wife give me husband give me this give me good rank give me you know i want admission in this place i want money i want power i want my you know my mother to get well my father to get well this to happen that to happen you all are bhikaris of the biggest order going to one stone and asking it you don't need to go there have the goodness in the heart had the goodness in the heart the lord will stand in front of you ask him for that you don't have to go anywhere but have the goodness of the heart when somebody approaches you for little bit of food he is not going to the lord over there a stone statue is standing outside that place waiting for you to give and the lord is walking inside asking this other lord for money how funny that is so now coming back to the story of krishna over here so it's like that you know he's he that particular uh, washerman is saying something so look they will arrest you as the washerman thus spoke brazenly the son of devaki became angry and then merely with his fingertips he separated the man's head from his body <laughs> the washerman's assistants all dropped their bundles of clothes and fled down the road scattering in all direction lord krishna then took the clothes Krishna and Balram put the pairs of garments that especially pleased them and then Krishna distributed the remaining clothes among the cowherd boys leaving some scattered on the ground thereupon a weaver came forward and feeling affection for the lord nicely adorned their attire with gold ornaments of various colors now you will say oh krishna is such a haughty person you know he severed the head severed the head of what it's an allegorical story he is not severing somebody's head arrogance he removes the arrogance from a person we become arrogant you know to kis khet ki muli hai to samajhta kya hai apne aap ko is the arrogance which the lord removes understand this <laughs> it is nothing to do with some washerman or somebody like that it's the arrogance which we have somebody who says you know oh samajhte kya ho line mein khade ho jao line mein khade ho jao are wahan pe tum chaprasi ho हम तो भगवान को मिलने आए हैं समझ में आया ऑल राइट सो यू आर द चपरासी ओवर देयर हु इज डूइंग द जॉब फॉर द लॉर्ड दैट यू नो नथिंग यू आर वर्किंग फॉर सम एजेंसी ओवर देयर इवन स्टैंडिंग इन फ्रंट ऑफ द लॉर्ड एंड यू आर पुटिंग एवरीबडी इन क्यू एंड येट यू कैंट सी द लॉर्ड थिंक द लॉर्ड इज वॉकिंग इन साइड एंड यू कैंट सी द लॉर्ड You are saying line me a jaw, line me a jaw, line me. I think, think, isn't it very funny? 
so <laughs> so <clears throat> so this weaver comes forward krishna and balram looked resplendent each in their own unique wonderful ornamented outfit they resembled a pair of young elephants one white and the other black decorated by a festive occasion please with the viewer the please with the viewer the supreme lord krishna blessed him that after death he would achieve the liberation of attaining a form like the lords and that while in the world he will enjoy supreme opulence physical strength influence memory and the sensory vigor so there is this person who comes and wishes the lord which is very very good the two lords then went to the house of the garland maker sudama when sudama saw them he at once stood up and then bowed down placing his head on the ground now this is not the same sudama as the gopi sudama this is another person people can have the same names you know after offering them seats and bathing their feet sudama worshiped them with their companion with agra garlands pan sandalwood paste and other presentations these are the basic ways in which you welcome the lord wash his feet offer him you know pan supari all those kind of things all right sudama said oh lord my birth is now sanctified and the family free of contamination now that both you both have come here my forefathers the demigods and the great sages are certainly all satisfied with me you two lords are the ultimate cause of entire universe to bestow sustenance and prosperity upon this realm you have descended with your planetary expansions because you are well wishing friends and supreme soul of the whole universe you regard all with unbiased vision therefore although you reciprocate your devotees loving worship you always remain equally disposed towards all living beings the lord is not uh, special you know there is no special treatment for anybody over there nahi tum 500 rupees ka ticket leke aaya karega ya 5000 ka ticket lega special darshan nahi hai wahan pe the lord is walking on the street he there is nobody over there to say ana special darshan ka 5000 rupees dena padta hai illa there is no special darshan there is nothing special you just you have to fill yourself with love and just look at the lord that's it the lord will be with you so there is no he is equally disposed please order me your servant to do whatever you wish to be engaged by you in some service is certainly a great blessing for anyone to be engaged in the service of the lord is the most important thing you know uh, when the lord even gives you a simple job of saying you know make a garland or just sweep the road that should be the highest job that you have ever got don't think that you are doing some seva and that you are doing something spectacular or something it may be a simple task but you are doing it for the lord that has to be done in the most beautiful manner precise manner sukdev goswami continued oh best of kings having spoken this word sudama could understand what krishna and balrama wanted thus with great pleasure he presented them with garlands of fresh fragrant flowers beautifully adorned with these garlands lakshmana and balrama were delighted and so were their companions the two lords then offered the surrendered sudama who was bowing down before them whatever benedictions he desired sudama chose unshakable devotion for krishna the supreme soul of all existence friendship with his devotees and transcendental compassion for all living beings this is the blessing which everybody should ask what is it unshakable devotion for krishna what do we go and ask money power fame fortune wife husband children this is what we ask no don't ask for these kind of stupid things 
what you should ask is this give me unshakable devotion friendship with his devotees friendship with his devotees means i should always be in the association with the devotees of the lord that means the devotees of the lord the saints the sages i always want to be associated with them isn't that what is mentioned to be associated with the devotees and transcendental compassion for all living beings a human being should have compassion for everybody on this planet earth this is the most important thing to be compassionate towards the living creatures that means every other person in this world whatever they might be they might be a dog they might be a cat they might be worst kind of human beings but to have compassion for them is the most important thing so these are the three things which he asked for one devotion second friendship with the devotees and the third compassion transcendental compassion not only did lord grant sudama these benedictions but he also awarded him with strength long life fame beauty and ever increasing popular prosperity for his family then krishna and the elder brother took their leave so <clears throat> we have come to the end of this chapter i think we can do the next one also so the next chapter is 42 we will do that as well this talks about the breaking of the sacrificial bow chapter 42 shrimad bhagavatam sukdev goswami said as he walked down the king's road lord madhava then saw a young hunchback woman with an attractive face who carried a tray of fragrant ointments as she walked along the bestower of ecstasy of love smiled and inquired of her as follows so now we are going to meet a very interesting person let us see what happens over here <clears throat> Lord Krishna said, "Who are you, O beautiful thigh one? Ah, ointment. Who is it? For my dear lady, please tell us truthfully. Give us both some of your finest ointment, and you will soon gain a great boon." So Krishna knowingly does this. Now this woman is going with ointments. Ointments, you know, maybe you know massage therapy or something like that. I don't know, <laughs> or maybe some fragrant oils. We don't know. when you go to the spa you know no you get all these things see in olden times also we have this uptan and all that kind of things which is rubbed on the body huh? oils fragrant oils massages and all that so this lady is going with it and she though she is got a good face but she is very ugly looking person the maid servant replied oh handsome one i am the servant of king kamsa who highly regards me for the ointments i make my name is trivakra who else but you to deserve my ointments which the lord of the bhojas like so much her mind overwhelmed by krishna's beauty charm sweetness smiles words and glances trivakra gave both krishna and balrama generous generous amounts of ointments what does trivakra mean vakra vakra means bent <laughs> somebody who has defect so three three bends in the body who else has three bands krishna himself is three bands hmm? so <laughs> that is the reason why this lady is also trivakra anointed with this most excellent cosmetics 
which adorns them with hues that contrasted their complexions, the two lords appeared extremely beautiful. Lord Krishna was pleased with Trivakra, so he decided to straighten that hunchback girl with the lovely face just to demonstrate the result of seeing him. So, she is a hunchback, she is a bent woman. Pressing down on her toes with both his feet, Lord Achyuta placed one upward pointing finger of each hand under her chin and straightened up her body. So he put his feet on her feet and just did like this and raised her up a little bit. <clears throat> Simply by Lord Mukunda's touch, Trivakra was suddenly transformed into an exquisitely beautiful woman with straightforward, straight, evenly proportioned limbs and large hips and breasts. Now, what is this story all about? Hmm? Do you know we all suffer from three afflictions? The three afflictions. Adibhuta, Adidaiva and Adhyatmika. So these three afflictions every human being suffers from. We are the human beings with a very beautiful face. And the ointments which we are talking about, which we are taking, are the material worldly things which we take for polishing our bosses, our companies, our wives, our husbands. We do all that, you know, maskabaji. The Lord comes and stands in front of you and asks you that. Can you give me that? What is that he is saying? He is telling you all that maskabaji you are doing to your wife or to your husband or to your children or to your mother and father, can you do give it to me? You, do you get what I am saying? This is exactly what he asks. What is this that you are doing? You are pandering towards your own people? Stupid fellow? Stupid woman? Don't do this. Give it to me. And if the woman, if the person offers it to the Lord, that means when you offer the same kind of love that you offer your wife, your husband, your children, your mother, your father, your friends, your relatives, the Lord puts his feet on your feet and straightens up your chin. What does it mean? He makes you look upwards towards him. And all the three defects go away. All the three defects go away. So Adhyatmik, got it? <laughs> all these three defects that human beings have, these completely vanish. Nothing remains. So, you become that woman who is straight, evenly proportioned limbs, large hips and breasts. Now, endowed with beauty, character and generosity, Trivakra began to feel lusty desires for Lord Krishna, Keshava. Taking hold of the end of his upper cloth, she smiled and addressed him as follows. Then you fall in love with Krishna. Then you fall in love with the Divine. Because when the Divine raises you up and makes you straight, removes all your afflictions, you fall in love with the Divine. That is all that happens when all your kachara is removed. What happens at that time? You fall in love with the Divine. That's exactly what happens. Remember this? All your past karmas, they get washed away. What is left then? Nothing. You just have to look towards the divine and get released. Trivakra said, Come, O hero, 
Let us go to my house. I cannot bear to leave you here, O best of the males. Please take pity on me, since you have agitated my mind. When you leave the mind at the feet of the Lord, the Lord, you know, what is it that you are doing? You are offering yourself to the Lord. You are actually getting married to the Lord. You are actually invoking your inner being and saying, Lord, I am getting married to you. Think of all the all the women and the men who go to become the priests or the nuns. What do they do? They have given up all their afflictions in the world. They have surrendered to the Lord and they get married to Him. Isn't that what happens? That's exactly what happens with Trivakra. All we are the Trivakras. You know, human beings are the Trivakras in this world. When the Lord removes all your afflictions, all your karmas, everything gets washed away. Then you fall in love with the Lord. So, thus entreated by the woman, Lord Krishna first glanced at the face of Balram, who was watching the incident, and then at the face of the cowherd boys. Then with a laugh, Krishna replied to her as follows. Lord Krishna said, O lady with beautiful eyebrows, as soon as I fulfill my purpose, I will certainly visit your house, where men can relieve their anxiety. Indeed, you are the best refuge for us homeless travellers. Leaving her with the sweet words, Lord Krishna walked further down the road. The merchant along the way worshipped him and his elder brother by presenting them with various respectful offerings, including pan, garlands and fragrant substances. The sight of Lord Krishna aroused Cupid in the hearts of the city women. Thus agitated, they forgot themselves. Their clothes, braids and bangles became dishevelled and they stood at steel as figures in the painting. Lord Krishna then asked the Lord local people where the arena was in which the bow sacrifice would take place. Then he went there. He saw the amazing bow which resembled Lord Indra's. That most opulent bow was guarded by the large company of men who were respectfully worshipping it. Krishna pushed his way forward and despite the guards' attempt to stop him, picked it up. Easily lifting the bow with his left hand, Lord Urukrama, strung it with a fraction of a second as the king's guard looked upon. He then powerfully pulled the strings and snapped the bow in half just as an excited elephant might break a stalk of sugar cane. What is Krishna trying to prove over here? That he is also the embodiment of Sri Ram. He is the same thing. I am no different, he says. I am the same one that came before and I am the same one that is there right in front of your eyes. The sound of the bows breaking filled the earth and sky in all directions. Upon hearing it, Kamsa was struck with terror because that bow could never be lifted by anybody. So he lifts it and he strings it. You have to bend it and string it. The enraged guard then took up their weapons and wanting to seize Krishna with his companions surrounded them and shouted, Grab him! Kill him! Seeing the guards coming upon them with evil intent, Balrama and Keshava took up the two halves of the bows and began striking them. After also killing a contingent of soldiers sent by Kamsa, Krishna and Balrama left the sacrificial arena by the main gate and continued their walk around the city, happily looking at the opulent sights. Having witnessed the amazing deed Krishna and Balrama had performed and seeing their strength, boldness and beauty, the people of the city thought they must be the two prominent demigods not knowing that they are the divine themselves. As they strolled about at will, the sun began to set, 
so they left the city with their cowherd boys and returned to the cowherd wagons in Kampen. At the time of Mukunda's Krishna's departure from Vrindavan, the gopis had foretold that the residents of Mathura would enjoy many benedictions and now the gopis' predictions were coming true. For those residents were gazing upon the beauty of Krishna, the jewel among men, Indeed, the goddess of fortune desired the shelter of that beauty so much that she abandoned many other men, although they worshipped her. After Krishna and Balram's feet were bathed, the two lords ate rice with milk. Then, although knowing that Kamsa intended to do, they spent the night there comfortably. Wicked King Kamsa, on the other hand, was terrified. Having heard how Krishna and Balrama had broken the bow, and killed the guards and the soldiers, all simply as a game. He remained awake for a long time, and both while awake and while dreaming, he saw many bad omens, messengers of death. So, on the other hand, Kamsa is getting very scared with what is in store for him. When he looked at his reflection, he could not see his head. For no reason, the moon and the stars appeared double. He saw a hole in his shadow. He could not hear the sound of his life airs. Trees seemed covered with golden hues and he could not see the footprints. He dreamt that he was being embraced by ghost, riding a donkey and drinking poison. And also a naked man, smeared with oil, was passing by wearing a garland of Nalanda flowers. Seeing this and other such omens, both while dreaming and while awake, Kamsa was terrified by the prospect of death and out of anxiety he couldn't sleep. When a man is anxious, he can never sleep. You know that, no? Every human being is also like that. When a person's mind is disturbed, you cannot sleep. So Kamsa is very, very afraid. He doesn't know what he's supposed to do. Because here he has seen you know, Krishna and Balrama breaking that bow and then they have killed so many people with the ends. When the night had fallen past, finally passed and the sun rose up again from the water, Kamsa set about arranging the grand wrestling festival. <coughs> the king's men performed the ritual worship of the wrestling arena, surrounding, sounding the drums and other instruments and decorated their viewing galleries with garlands, flags, ribbons and arches. The city dwellers and residents of the outlying districts, led by Brahmanas and Kshatriyas, came and sat down comfortably in the galleries. The royal guests received a special seat. Surrounded by his ministers, Kamsa took his seat on the imperial dais. But as he sat there, as he sat amidst his various provincial rulers, his heart trembled. While the musical instruments loudly played in the rhythmic meters appropriate for wrestling matches, he lavishly ornamented wrestlers proudly entered the arena with their coaches and sat down. Enthused by the pleasing music, Chanura, Mustika, Kuta, Sala and Tosala sat down in the wrestling mat. Nanda Maharaj and other cowherds, summoned by the king of the Bhojas, presented him with their offerings and then took their seat in one of the galleries. So, we have come to the end of chapter 42 and we shall stop over here because the next two chapters is about the killing of the elephant and then Kamsa himself because there is hardly any time left. Alright? So we shall stop over here. Okay?